Technology is great when it works. <laughs> uh, well, we're glad to see all of y'all here this evening, and uh, trust that uh, you're aware of all what's been going on in our church lately. This uh, kind of a sad time of year, and really, a, it's always an unpleasant time of year to lose somebody we love. But this time of year seems to be a little bit more poignant. Uh, and so let's, uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer, let's remember LaDonna and her family. I, I would ask that we, as we pray tonight that we would just pray uh, that the Holy Spirit will just super invade this place tomorrow uh, with his presence. And God can do things that we don't have the ability to. I don't have the words to say that would comfort somebody in a time like this. And and anything I would say would sound to me inadequate and just, you know, why did I even say it? But the Holy Spirit is well able. And so as we uh, pray tonight, let's pray that the Lord will just uh, show himself very real, very comforting, uh, and that the Holy Spirit will just minister uh, in the service for uh, Brother Gerald tomorrow and for the family. And not only this, not only tomorrow. But the days ahead, there's a, this is a big, big transition. It's a transition for anybody, but it's, there are sometimes, for my case, it was a little easier. Uh, but a case like this, it's, I have no words. I, I can't even imagine 
uh, what it's like to, and I don't really want to know, to be honest with you. I'm not trying to be selfish, but uh, I wouldn't want to try to do that. So, But let's remember them as in our prayers, especially them as we open this service tonight. Let's just pray for this time together, but let's also pray for LaDonna and them and their family. Oh, and Dennis's wife, uh, our piano player. We don't have a piano player tonight because he's in, his wife is sick in the hospital. So let's remember Dennis, our piano player's wife, because uh, she's sick in the hospital, my understanding is. So let's remember them. Uh, no, I talk, I'm afraid of talking too loud. Is that better? I used to do it a lot, but <laughs> uh, anyway. So let's remember uh, the child's family. Let's remember Dennis Evers's, Evers and his wife. Uh, but the Lord will touch her. And her name is Linda, I believe. So let's remember them. All right. Let's just join together in prayer tonight. Father God, as we come before you, we are thankful. Lord, most of all, because you are our God. And Lord, that what we are experiencing lord with the loss of our our brother um, gerald tonight lord that our hearts are heavy not only f for missing him but lord for his family and, and the the struggle and, and the the pain and the heartache that they're going through uh, and in this particular time and especially this time of year lord but lord you're still god and help us to always remember and always remind ourselves, Father, that none of this takes you by surprise. None of this uh, has caught you off guard. That you have been well aware of what is going to happen in our hearts and lives. And your promise is that you never leave us or forsake us. And I pray, Father God, that you will just move by your spirit in the hearts and lives of LaDonna and, the, and Thomas and his wife and, and Ethan and his wife and, and Erica, Lord. Just surround them and envelop them right now with the power of your presence, with the power of the Holy Spirit that will comfort them, that will encourage them, that will strengthen them, Lord, uh, as not only today and, and tomorrow, but, Lord, in the days that are ahead, Lord, that you will just show yourself real and mighty in their behalf. And, Lord, just open doors that need to be opened for them. Supply needs that need to be supplied. And, Lord, just help them to know and to realize, Lord, not only that you care, but, Lord, help us to show them that we care and that we love them and that we care about what they're going through as well as at church. And, Lord, we just ask you to minister in their hearts and lives. Lord, we pray for uh, our piano player's wife tonight, Miss Linda Evers. Lord, ask you, Father God, to touch her and minister to her spirit, soul, and body tonight. And just show yourself mighty in their behalf. And just uh, flood and, and surround the room where she's at, Lord, with your holy presence, with your healing presence, Father God. And minister in her heart and life, we pray. And, Lord God, as we uh, worship you tonight, Lord God, may we worship you in spirit and truth. May we just open our hearts and let you minister to us and minister through us that we can minister to others. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're going to try something tonight a little different. Uh, they're going to play a song. It's an old hymn, but you know it well. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. You can stand if you like.
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound has saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Twas blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieve how precious did that grace appear the hour i first believed through many dangers toils and snares i have already come tis grace that brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home when we've been there ten thousand years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God for amazing grace. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad for that amazing grace? Grace that sustains, grace that uplifts, grace that strengthens. God's grace, God's grace, God's wonderful grace. You may be seated this evening. Thank you for joining with us and helping with that. Um, seems like that's a song that we can sing in praise and adoration and in jubilation and in rejoicing. It's a song we can sing when things are going tough. When things are not going exactly, Sister Carol, like we want them to, <laughs> you know. But it's God's amazing grace. By grace, Paul says, are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. And Paul says another another place, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. It's amazing. It's alive and it's well. I want to remind you of our announcements uh, tonight uh, where things are going on. Uh, as most of you may know, 
Uh, we are still looking for a pastor, and Brother Ron Stinson is going to give us a little report after we're through with the, the message and our prayer time tonight. And so if you care to stick around and, and listen and let him uh, tell us what he knows. <laughs> and uh, so let's remember that. Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to say who's preaching next Sunday or not, or you want to wait? Okay. Okay, most of that we'll let you know about. He'll let you know about that stuff. I wrote it down just in case. Sunday morning is the Youth and Children's Christmas play. Uh, it's called a Charlie Brown Christmas. And if I know Chasen very well, it's going to be, yeah, probably going to be have some funny stuff in it just because I, uh, the way he does stuff. And But I'm sure it'll be a, a blessing. And, and uh, But I believe also there'll be a message about Jesus in it. Uh, if those of you there, my kids used to love to watch that Charlie Ground Christmas every Christmas, and uh, uh, it's a, it's really poignant uh, that uh, Mr. Schultz, when he wrote that, um, he wrote it with that particular thought in mind that he was going to explain what Christmas was really all about. Uh, the presents are nice. The, the, light, the lights are nice, the glitter, and the, all of that that goes with that, the festivities. But it's about a Savior. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, and so that's, that's the whole point. That's the reason we celebrate this. We got the greatest gift that could ever be given anybody. Because we got salvation out of His coming. We got redemption out of His coming. We got grace out of His coming. Keep on, I'll preach here in just a minute. But it is the greatest gift that we give, that we have received. God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son that we could believe in him and have everlasting. So remember that this Sunday morning uh, will be the youth and children's Christmas play. Um, the 16th uh, of December, that's on Friday night at 6 o'clock, Heart to Heart and Men's Ministries Christmas party will be at Dan and Jill John's house. Um, all I can tell you, it's out yonder somewhere. <laughs> uh, hopefully, they, they can give you directions on how to get to their house. So, uh, if you can make that, uh, and I believe I read that gifts were men bring a man's gift, women bring a woman's gift, and $20 limit on that. So, I think they kind of, I don't know if they're planning on doing Dirty Sand or not, but anyway, some. Some kind of uh, uh, stuff will be going on. Some kind of party will be going. There'll be lots of stuff to eat. I uh, the I think the meat is part. Well, one of them. Yeah, you bring something to eat. Uh, probably some kind of. They usually do a brisket, you know. But if you want to bring something else and, and side dishes, and desserts, you feel free to do that. That'll be this Friday. I should have given her the microphone. <laughs> Let Jill or Robin uh, Callis know uh, what you're bringing so they'll kind of have an idea. And, and if you have any questions, see one of those two. I'm sure they can tell you a lot more than I can. Men's breakfast is Saturday uh, the 17th at 8.30. So we will encourage all the guys to come out and be here for that as well. So let's uh, remember these things in this uh, busy time of year. So. Uh, but let's not forget that with the reason we are Christians is because of what God has done for us. Amen. 
Amen. All right, we want to go to the Lord in prayer one more time and take your needs and prayer requests. We have a lot of, of needs on, the, on our prayer list. Uh, and remember uh, Linda Evers in your prayers. Uh, don't know all the details, but I don't need to because God already does. And he's still the God that heals. So let's remember him. Uh, let's remember the, the child's family. Uh, like I say, tomorrow is Gerald's funeral at 2 o'clock here at the church. So we encourage you, if you can, be here. Uh, if you can't, we understand. But let's keep them in our prayers and, uh, you know, cards and, and I say letters. I don't know if people write letters anymore or not. <laughs> I, I, I know one lady that probably does. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when it comes to letters, I just soon talk to you on the phone, tell you, look at your face, tell you real quick. But... Uh, Let's, let's keep them encouraged. Let's get, let them know that we care about them and that we're concerned about them as well. Mommy, do you have a need you'd like for us to pray with you about tonight, this evening? Side effect, reactions, yes. They were kind of concerned the side effects could be a little worse than the cure, you know. So she has it so far. Amen. Amen. All right. Anyone else? All right. And let's remember our church in prayer. Uh, we're going to get us a minister in this pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> and... The one that we believe the Lord wants us to have. So, yes. I, want, I just want us to believe that God, will, whatever's wrong, you know, that there's there's something that is not quite functioning like it ought to. Now that's I know enough about mess and probably get myself in trouble. But the thing I know that something is causing that. But you know what? I know a God that's able to heal it yes. completely yes. and totally. Yes. And I want us to agree together that God will touch Jacqueline. And yes. as we pray tonight that he's touching her yes. and he's healing her and that whatever is causing it is going to be healed, it's yes. going to be fixed, it's yes. going to be taken care of. And there will be no need for medicine. There will be no need for any more yes. going through having to try to out a new one to see what it's going to do or not going to do. But I believe God. Yes. I believe God. That's why Jesus came. So let's, let's remember Jacqueline in our prayers as well. Yeah. Anyone else? Real quick. Not real quick, but don't wanna, we don't want to leave anybody out. Let's join together in prayer. And uh, I would ask if there's those of you, that ladies, that would mind going back and praying with Miss Carrie. Let's believe God just to touch tonight and, and minister in his lives. Father God, as we come before you tonight, we are grateful and we are thankful, Lord, that you are God. 
Help us, Lord, to never forget that. Help us to remind ourselves of that every day, that you are God, that there is nothing impossible with you. Your word declares that not only is there nothing impossible with you, but your word also declares that all things are possible to those that believe. And Father God, we believe tonight that you are touching. We believe tonight that you are ministering in the hearts and lives of people. Uh, Lord, we believe that you are ministering peace and comfort, uh, Lord God, to, to Sister LaDonna and, and the children, Lord God, in, in the loss of their uh, father and their, this husband, Lord God, that you are still there. That, Lord God, your presence is right there ministering to them spirit, soul, and body. And we thank you for that, Lord. Not only that you're doing it now, but you're going to do it, Lord, in the days ahead, and you're going to give them the strength, and they're going to know that by the grace of God, they are going to make it through, and they are making it through. Father, we pray, Lord, for Linda Evers, Lord, and I ask you, Lord, to touch her, minister to her life, Lord, heal her in the name of Jesus, and lift her up, we pray. Father, continue, Lord, to touch Faith Sister or Sheila tonight. Father God, minister to her life, spirit, soul, and body as well. Touch and heal and lift her up, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And touch Jacqueline, Lord, I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, that you touch her, Lord, that the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God touch her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, that whatever is causing these these seizures, whatever is is not functioning as it ought to, that right now it be healed in the name of Jesus. Jesus, that all symptoms go, that all that the very cause, the root of the whole situation, Father God, is healed right now in Jesus' name. For by your stripes, Jesus, we are and we were healed according to your word. And we just claim that. And we stand together in faith, believing, Lord God, that you're touching her right now and that she's going to know that she knows that she knows that she has felt and touched and experienced the healing power of the great physician, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, guide and direct us in the remainder of this service as we study your word. Lord God, give us the words that need to be spoken. And Lord, help us to have ears to hear, hearts to understand and perceive, and Lord, willingness to go and put into practice what we hear and what we learn and what we know about you, Father, that we may bring people to know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their lives, that we might see lives and and bodies and minds and and spirits and souls healed, and and that we might see people moved and and filled with the Holy Spirit of God and see Him move in our hearts and lives and in our services, Lord, all, Lord God, for your honor and your glory and your praise, where we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. The little hymn we sung kind of goes along. really hadn't thought about it till we started singing. It goes along with what the uh, Lord kind of laid on my heart. It's kind of a, I would say at this point in time, it's kind of an odd subject. But I think it's important. Uh, that what the Lord wants us to know. In your Bibles, turn, if you will, to the 34th Psalm. And then take your little fingers, if you've got a regular Bible, and find Acts chapter 16. Psalm 34, beginning at verse 1. I'll read verses 1, 2, and 3. Excuse me. I will bless the Lord at all times... His praise 
shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Father God, as we come before you again one more time, this is your word. Your words are spirit and they are life. Your words are admonition, they are exhortation, they are instruction in righteousness and in godliness that we might live lives that are pleasing and acceptable to you. Father God, anoint your servant to speak the words that you would have spoken tonight. Anoint ears that they will hear, hearts that they will understand, and spirits that will enable, that will be aware and awaken to the leading and the guiding and direction of your spirit that we will put what we learn into practice in our everyday lives, Lord, that others can see in us what it means to be a child of God and desire what we have because of what you have done in us, for us, and through us, Father, that your name be honored and glorified and praised. And we thank you for it, Lord, in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look at this verse really close. The psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. What does that word mean? I will. It means to me I choose to do this. It is an act of my own will. I choose to do this. The psalmist says I'm going to do this. He says I'm going to do it at all times. I will Bless the Lord at all times. It's not always easy. It's not always pleasant because all the times are not always great. They're not always wonderful. But the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. What is the thing about us being Christians? What is the thing about serving the Lord? What is it when people come to know Jesus that's so important? It is because He is our strength. It is because He is our life. Jesus said if we believe in Him, we will have life everlasting. But as many, the Bible says, you know, he, as many as received them, to him gave he the power or the authority to be called the sons of God. Yeah. Is that important? It's important because the church, as church tonight, we need to understand something. When God delivers us, when God sets us free from the bondages of sin, we can't do it ourselves. We don't have the ability, we don't have the strength, we don't have the understanding to do that. But when we make Jesus Savior and Lord of our lives, God gives us the ability and the want to to serve Him. Yeah. A psalmist understood something, and I think one of the things what makes him probably the, the, one of the reasons why the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart, because he really realized even in his mistakes... He made a big one. I mean, he should have been out fighting war, and he stayed home, and um, can I say he played hooky? He got in trouble. He got in trouble. He got himself in trouble. First of all, because he was not doing what he was supposed to be doing. 
But the thing about it is, one of the things that he realized, though, was he could go to God and say, God, I have sinned against you. I mean, he murdered a man. He took his wife, murdered her husband. You say, well, not. yes, he did. The prophet Nathan come to him and told him about the guy with the sheep. Said he got a whole bunch of them. So he got a friend comes over and and, and it comes to visit. And what does he do? He goes and take goes find this next door neighbor that's got one little lamb and takes his lamb and sacrifices his little lamb to feed his neighbor. And he's got a hundred of them out there in his own pasture. He said, Nathan asked David, the, the king said, "What shall be done for this man?" He said, "We're going to kill him." In essence, that's what he said. And then Nathan looks at David and said, you're the man. And David knew without any further explanation, he knew without any further say-so from Nathan, he knew exactly what God was talking about. And he went to God and said, God, I have done wrong. I have done wrong. But he says this, I will. I choose to. It's a choice, church, whether or not you and I, whatever our circumstances are, whatever we're going through, it becomes a choice how we react to that. And I can't make you do it, and God won't make you do it. That's the one thing about Christianity people need to understand. God doesn't have a bunch of robots walking around here going, yes, I will do what I'm, you know. He doesn't. He doesn't make robots. He makes, he makes human beings. He gives them a choice. He gives them the ability to will what they want to do. You can disobey if you want to. You can obey if you want to. If you choose the choice, that is yours to make. But then also are the, so are the consequences. But David realized one thing when he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. This is what I want to get to. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Is there another verse in the Bible that that reminds you of? Does me. Paul said it. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Paul said it. And it's a real short one. It's, uh, it's actually three words. Okay. You guys don't play word games very well, do you? <laughs> Paul said, pray without ceasing David says I will his praise shall continually oh be in my mouth mm -hmm. I, I could meddle I won't because I'm as guilty as the rest of you sometimes when things don't go wrong the first thing I start going is oh what did I do wrong instead of saying Lord you know about this you understand this? You got this. That's hard to do for me, Sister Carol. I'll be honest with you. I am one of those kind of people. Now, hopefully y'all are not this way. I'm one of those kind of people that, that I'm willing to say, hey, Lord, you, you just stand back over there. I can fix this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can fix it, all right. I can make it way worse than it would have ever been if I would just left it alone and said, Lord, take care of it. I have to watch myself. I, I have to do that because I know myself because I'm one of those guys. I can fix this. 
And sometimes I start fixing and then it gets, I'm in deeper over my head than I should be. And it's like, uh, now what do I do? Uh, call the plumber or call the air conditioner guy or whatever. Our, our air conditioner went started acting up this summer. I mean, I, I did what I, I, I worked as an electrician's helper. So I, I learned a few things. I know a few things. I know what I know. And I did everything I could do, and I'd watch that thing, and, and I'd, I'd pulled that cover off, and, and I could say, okay, there's this little uh, contactor kicking in, but it won't kick in altogether. And it's like, hmm, how, what, what fixes that, you know? Well, I've got to, I make sure that it's got all the, it's a 220-volt air conditioning unit, the compressor is. There's 220 volts going into it. My, everything's fine from from the breaker box, I've got 220 volts going in. But for some reason, that silly thing just went like kick in and stay running. And then the voice ball decided it wants to, and then it'll run. So I wound up finally, I, that, I, did, I did as much as I knew about, and then I said, okay, big boy, it's time to call in the professionals. The little guy, he, he hot-wired it and bypassed this thing, and it was working fine. And it's, you know, we'll find out how well it does next summer. It was working the last for the rest of summer this to this year. But I need to know where. When I come up in my life, where's the first thing that I need to do? I need to go to God. I don't need to go and ask my neighbor. I don't need to go and ask everybody in church, what do you think about this? I need to go to God first. Why? He knows everything. Literally. God does know it all. And I think when you, when you, and maybe David had learned some of this, and, and this is why he said, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. What is praise? We praise something for its qualities. We praise God for His character. We praise Him for His nature. We thank Him for what He does. When I need healing, what do I do? I, God, you are the God who heals me. By the stripes of Jesus, I am and was healed. You know, Isaiah 53, 5 says we are. 1 Peter 2, 24 says we were. And there's a song that I think Kenneth Copeland says, that if I are and I were, then I am. You know, and that's the whole point. God speaks in these these language the language that when He talks about that, I'm the God who heals you, Lord. I'm in need of deliverance. He's the God who delivers. His name, and and I, I probably missed some of these, but His name is Jehovah Rapha. That's who He is. Now, my wife can tell you what that means, right? Because I forgot Jehovah Rapha. What is? I, oh, is okay. He's God our healer, Jehovah Nisi. Does anybody remember? God, our, no, that's God, uh, God, our banner. His banner over me is love. Yes. He is God Shalom, the God of my peace. He is God who provides. What did he tell Moses in the desert? Who shall I say sent me? I am that I am. Okie dokie. But that word, when, when he would have told them that, I, what I understand, when he would have told the Jewish leaders when he went back to Egypt and said, look, God sent me here to help you guys get out of town. Well, who sent you? I am that I am. 
Stop and think about something and look at this real closely when you're reading the Gospels. How many times does Jesus use that term, I am? He, what, did, what did one of the disciples say? Lord, show us the Father and, and we'll, be, we'll be satisfied. What did Jesus tell him? Have I been so long with you that you don't realize if you've seen me, you have seen the Father? The Apostle Paul writes it this way, and I'm going to put it in Oklahoma English. He said, Paul says that he is the express image. In Oklahoma English, is he's the spitting image of his Father. Yeah. Do we understand what that means? He looks like him. He walks like him. He talks like him. And he tells those disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So David says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in me. No. I am nothing. I am what I am by the grace of God, and we're not for the grace of God, I would absolutely be a failure. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. What's the opposite of humble? Hmm? Prideful. Arrogant. You've seen them. You've probably worked with some of them. You know? They just, they think they're it in a bag of chips. They think they're the whole picnic, if you mind. But he said, let the humble hear. And be glad. But verse 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. It is something we can do. It is something we should be doing every day. His praise. Thanksgiving is for what he is doing, what he has done, what he is going to do. Praise is who for who he is. Miss Carrie back there works in, in the health field. For what I can say, to praise her is she is an excellent health care worker. That says about who she is. But I thank her because she was nice. She she gave a nice shot and didn't hurt too much. <laughs> Might try it on no, I won't go there either. <laughs> But you see, it is thanksgiving is for what has been done. Thanksgiving is for what we have received. Praise is for who does it, who gives it, for their character, for their, their nature. And so he says his praise will continually be in my mouth. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. How do we do that? Praise all I got to do is praise him. Well, how did I do that? Has he done anything good for you? Has he met needs? Has he healed? Has he delivered? Has he showed himself mighty? Has he kept you from things that you should have that should have hurt you or harmed you? Then that's praise. God has done this. God has delivered me. Jesus saved my soul. When I knelt at an altar of repentance somewhere, Jesus saved me. 
I didn't save myself because I didn't have anything I could use. I didn't have anything to even try to start. But he had it all. He had it all. Let's go to Acts chapter 16. This is all a real familiar portion of Scripture to us. But I think about this. Actually, Brother Dave said something the other night that just piqued my interest. And I, this is kind of where this message come from, I think. Uh, so I'll, have, I'll give him the credit of getting my mind to go and thinking this way. Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept on doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Now I'm going to skip through and, and just tell you some more of the story. When her owner saw what happened, he was like, uh-oh, <laughs> there went the moolah. We're broke. She had brought them much gain. She was possessed of a spirit, and this spirit helped people tell, I don't know, told their future. I don't know exactly what all that she told people, but it, they got a lot of money off of it. If she was a, and she, the Bible says she was a slave girl, so they, they probably owned her. They had bought her somewhere. But now all of a sudden things have changed. They have lost, can I say, they, 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 their little playhouse just got tore apart. They're going to actually have to go out and go get a job for a living now. You know, it was easy, easy money. Stop and think about it. You start messing with some people. Some of the quickest way to get people's attention is mess with their pocketbook. I'll leave that right there. They seized Paul and Silas. They dragged them to the marketplace before the rulers. They brought them their story. And they said, talking about the, the mess and the ruckus that Paul and Silas were creating in their city. These people are just bad. We don't need them. crowd joins in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods I looked up that phrase in my strongest concordance to beat them with rods they, they used a word I'd never heard before and I will not try to pronounce it because it doesn't really sound great to be honest with you but it literally means to beat the soles of their feet Now, you know, I, I can probably take some beating, but leave my feet alone. That's just, you know, that's, that's not good. But the Bible says they beat them with those rods. Now, whether it was just on their feet or not, but that was a common uh, punishment in that day. When they'd inflicted a lot of blows on them, they threw them into prison, ordering a jailer to keep them safely. Remember that and understand that in the Roman rule, if you were a jailer and you were entrusted with prisoners, if you let one of them get out, you took their punishment. 
Bad deal. So the jailer, having been strictly warned to put them away safely, put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet. Now, if they sit there and whoop their feet with rods or a cane or whatever, put them in stocks, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. It doesn't sound real pleasant either way. Interesting. Why? Because they had delivered a slave girl from demon possession. We never know what happened to her after that. The Bible does not tell us where she wound up. It tells us where Paul and Silas wound up in the inner prison. And it's mean to me, I, I take it that this was a spot you're going to have to make it. If you try to get out, you're going to have to make a lot of racket to get there. And then this is, was his most secure. This was his maximum security unit, if you will. What? Paul and Silas are what? They are in jail for what? They are in jail for preaching the gospel. They are in jail because they delivered a young slave girl from demon possession. Don't know if they, she got delivered from the slave. Hopefully she got delivered from the slave owners plus the demon possession. She might have gone back to them though served them and as a Christian. And we don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But then I love this verse. About... Midnight. How many of you like getting woke up at midnight? I am not one of those people. I'll be honest with you. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Now stop there real quick. They did their praying before they did the other. I think those those two verbs are put there in the order they came. Paul and Silas were praying. I don't know what they were praying. I can only surmise or, or guess at best. But I wonder if part of their prayer was, okay, Lord, you knew this was coming. You knew this was going to happen. How do we honor you with our lives here in the prison, in the innermost prison? But not only were they praying, I have a feeling, Brother Ron, the Holy Spirit started walking in amongst them. And there wasn't nothing to do but start singing praises to him. I don't know what the song was, have no clue, because we don't know what songs they sang. But they sang, they might have made them up, I don't know, it doesn't matter. The Bible says they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the writer of the book of Acts, Luke, tells us that and all the prisoners heard them. They weren't singing under their voice very quietly. The amazing grace. Let it ring. Why? Because he's still God. Because he's still the one that they are serving. And they sing praises unto God. They sing hymns. And the prisoners were listening. They didn't have a choice. Talk about a captive audience. I mean, if y'all get tired of me, I'm going to walk out the door. That's, you know, that's no big deal. That's your choice. They couldn't go anywhere. 
They had to listen to Paul and Silas pray and sing praises to God. But they sang it, what? Out of the depths of their heart. It wasn't because they were distressed. It wasn't because they were discouraged. It wasn't because they were downtrodden. It was because they served God and they were going to give Him praise and glory regardless of where they found themselves. Paul would later write, I have had little or nothing and I've had everything. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know, you know... I know how to be brought low. I know how to be lifted high. But I have found in all things, whatever circumstance I am in, therewith to be content. Why? Because it's going to change for one thing. And the other reason is because God does not change. And the Bible said suddenly. I like it when God moves suddenly. Suddenly. There was a great earthquake. Oh, that's wonderful. Earthquakes. I don't know about you, a little side rabbit, rabbit trail. Okay. I've been watching the volcano over in Mauna Loa. It just fascinates me. I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, that they were smart enough not let anybody build close to that silly thing because that, that booger making a lot of racket. Now, I mean, it just amazes me to watch how much power and energy and just throwing those stupid molten, not stupid, throwing them big, huge molten boulders just sky 300, 400 feet in the air and just throwing them every which direction. That's the God I serve. And God in a moment, God in an instant can say, all right, volcano, shut up. And it'll die right there. I like, I like watching them. Suddenly, an earthquake. Now, earthquakes are not pleasant. I've been through one that I that that I've ever noticed any any very much of when the one hit up around Sparks. I don't know how many years ago now. I was in my bed, and that bed started moving. And it's like, well, this is not good. <laughs> but what happened? It was suddenly. Yeah. I mean, that shockwave from Sparks traveled. I lived in Conowa, so that's. An hour, at least an hour, hour, hour and a half drive away from Sparks. I didn't know it was coming, but boy, I knew it when it got there. It was sudden. Suddenly there was an earthquake. Now, I, I'm one of those kind, I have a vivid, vivid imagination. When I was in grade school, about fifth grade, I think it was, I was doing pretty good then. My teacher sent home a note to my mother and says, he does really good work and does his work well and, and gets it all right, but he daydreams a lot. I was bored. So they moved me up. This, this was a time when they, they kind of split you in three different groups, the, the slower ones, the middle learners, and then the fast learners. Well, I got moved up to the fast learners. Well, I probably didn't have much time for daydreaming then. But I kind of like to think that it wasn't just an ordinary earthquake. Yeah. Why? Because they were singing praises to God. Yeah. What does the Bible tell us about the praises that we offer? That God inhabits. God lives in the praises of His people. And I think this is my own personal opinion. The Bible, the writer says, suddenly earthquake. I think God showed up in a mighty way. 
How do I think that? Because if you look at the rest of that verse, it says there was a sudden earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. That's not an ordinary earthquake, hun child. That's not ordinary at all. Now the foundations were shaken. That's ordinary. But when you sit there and every prisoner in that prison has their change unloosened where they could get up and walk away if they wanted to, but they didn't. There's several things about this story that interest me. The doors were standing wide open. Kind of reminds me of Peter. You know, he's sleep. he's got thrown in prison, and he's, he's there, he's just, he's sawing logs. Yeah. I mean, he's so fast asleep, the angel has to slap him on the side to get him to wake up. Yeah. Why? He knew who he was serving, it's okay. God's got this. Yeah. Had to wake him up. Peter, get up, put your coat on. Boy, we got places to go. And the Bible says that they got up. Peter's changed fell off. Change do not fall without making a lot of racket. They weren't made out of plastic and they weren't made out of that Nerf ball stuff. They were noisy. They walked right past the guards. And the Bible says that the doors of the prison opened of its own accord. That was automatic doors before we'd even thought about having automatic doors. You walk up to them now, zoom, there you go, come on in. The Bible says the doors opened of their own accord. Peter kept walking through and it's like, well, this is a great dream. I really love this dream, I, you know. Because the Bible says he didn't realize what was going on until he got outside the prison. That probably he was, may have thought he was dreaming, but... Turns around, look, and oh, I'm out. And they're still in there sleeping. Didn't wake nobody up. God showed up. The Bible doesn't talk about Peter praising, but he had been serving God. And so what we find out, the, with the jailer, well, well, I would imagine, <laughs> he probably got shook out of bed. His first thought was, they're gone. And he drew his sword to kill himself because he knew it was a death sentence. No doubt about it. He just might as well do it now and get it over with. Now I won't have to mess with the trial or anything. And Paul, from the innermost prison, says, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Okay, but then the other other part of that story is the jailer called for lights. That tells me it was pitch dark. It was midnight. How did Paul know that nobody had escaped? My wife says he would have heard them. I'm going, no, I'm going to put this on God. God told him nobody left. And it may very well have been the very power of God that shook that place would not let them leave. We know the rest of the story. The jailer took him out, 
washed his wounds, helped, you know, bind them up. And then they, they had evidently had to have heard something Paul had been preaching. And it wasn't about the, the slave lady, I don't think. They had heard Paul preach about and they said, What must I do to be saved? And Paul said, You've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? What started it all? Paul and Silas prayed and sang hymns to God. Hymns are praise. Songs are praise. When Sister Julie leads us in worship, every church service that she's here, they weren't here tonight because Dennis was out, so and she apologized to my wife and I, and I said, it's okay, we'll, we'll make it, we'll get it through. It's okay, don't worry about it. But I like it when she leaves. And I, I, I have taught my, my, not taught myself, I didn't teach myself anything. I have learned to pay better attention to what we're singing about than just singing the words. And my wife can tell you, I, you start, start singing a gospel song, especially an old hymn, if you get the words wrong, I'm going to call you on it. I remember them. I just, that's just something I do. But hymns, songs of worship and praise that she leads us in, that is things we need to take real serious thought at. Don't just sing them. Listen to what you're saying. Think about what you're saying. Think about what you're singing. Because they're always praising unto God. And God inhabits. You want God in your life? Praise Him more. You want God to show up in the middle of your imprisonment? Praise Him more. In fact, it probably wouldn't hurt that in the middle of the most, in the darkest hours, in the middle of the most trying circumstances, praise Him the louder. The psalmist said, His praise will continually be in my mouth. I think about when I said, you know, when it's the darkest, when it's the most difficult, praise Him that much more. You know what I think? When we praise Him, not only does God show up in the middle of that, but Satan knows we mean business. I am not going to let this get me down. I am not going to let it take me under. I refuse in the name of Jesus to come out of this thing triumphant. I intend to come out of this fire just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out. They didn't even smell like smoke. And the only thing burned off of them was the bonds that they tied them up with to throw them in. And the king said, nobody says a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They may not like it. They may not understand it. But I encourage you, praise Him anyway. Praise Him in the storm. Praise Him in the sunshine. Praise Him when there's snow four foot deep on the ground. Those people in Buffalo, it's like seven to eight feet of snow. Lord, help us. I mean, that's a lot of snow. Don't ask me to move to Buffalo. Please. I just, I'm, not, I'm not a real fan of the cold to start with, and I sure wouldn't be a fan then. But the thing about it is, regardless of your situation, regardless of your circumstances, praise God. Jesus, if you've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, praise Him every 
day. Thank you, Lord, for my salvation. Thank you, Lord, because you walk with me. Thank you, Lord, because you're always there. Because in your presence is everything I need for life and godliness. The Bible declares that. Everything you and I need for life and godliness is found in the presence of God. So where do I get His presence and I get in His presence and I praise Him? The psalmist also said, I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. Thanksgiving is outside the courts. He's not out there. He's in there where His courts are. And the psalmist says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. That's where you come into the presence of God. Lord God, you are holy. You are righteous. You are just. You are a healer. You are a deliverer. You are my sword and my shield. You are my rock. You are my salvation. You are my everything I'm ever going to need you to be. Praise him. Praise him. We sing this old song. Praise him in the morning. Praise Him in the noontime. Praise Him all day long. Why? Because with my praying, as Paul said, pray without ceasing, also my praise should be without ceasing. What if it's not going good? Praise Him anyway. He's still going. Nothing's, he hadn't missed a lick. Nothing's snuck by Him. You can sneak stuff past me. You know, get me distracted. You can, you know. You can sneak past you can sneak sneak stuff past me if I can say it right. Nothing gets by God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's not an attack of the devil that God doesn't already know about. Let me say that again. I like that. That comes from the Lord. There is not an attack of the devil that's going to ever touch your life that God doesn't already know about that's some pretty good protection people I mean we have brother Ron can probably tell you he served in the Air Force we've got some pretty good early detection early warning systems when you know when the enemies try to, to do something we have so we have some pr pretty sophisticated stuff out there they haven't got anything on God God knows it for the devil even thinks about it. Why? Because it says he does. He knows. He knows, he knows, he knows. And if you don't praise him for anything else, praise him for the fact he already knows what you're going through and knew it was coming before you ever, ever thought about it coming. And he's still right there with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Did you join me in prayer tonight? Father God, thank you for your word, and I pray, Lord, that you have helped us to encourage us and, and strengthen us by what you have placed on our heart. Thank you, Lord, for your help each and every time, Lord. It is not me, but it is always you. Lord, I know that only too well. Father God, I pray for this people tonight. Lord, that whatever is going on in their life, it doesn't matter it's not that it, it's, it's, it's important to us but Lord you already knew it was coming you already knew what was going to happen in our hearts and in our lives thank you Father God for such great care 
and such great concern for your people. Help us, Lord, to be encouraged by that. Help us, Lord God, to praise you, Lord, when it doesn't, when it doesn't, when we don't feel like it. But Lord, you did say in your word that we were to offer the sacrifice of praise. And Lord, sometimes praise does not come easy when life is hard and difficult and we don't understand and we don't necessarily know what the answers are at that moment in time. But help us, Lord, to purpose in our heart like the psalmist did when he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my Father, I pray, Lord, for those that might be listening to this service tonight. Lord, maybe now or maybe sometime in the future. They will, they will say, but how can you praise a God you can't see? How can you praise a God you don't know the way you come to know Him by making Jesus Savior Lord of your life? He loves us so much that He gave His life on Calvary. That is the message. It's pure and it's simple. It doesn't make sense. How could one man's life? But the Bible says, For by the disobedience of one, all were made sinners. So shall by the obedience of one, all be made righteous. How shall we be saved? Believe in your heart. With Believe with all your heart that the Lord Jesus Christ is that he has come, that he lived his life, a sinless life. He died a, 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 a death that he was not worthy of dying, but he did it for you to be saved. He did it so that you could know him personally. But he rose again. They put him in a grave, and three days later, the Bible declares he rose from the dead, and he lives and sits at the right hand of the Father and lives to make intercession for God's people. Confess with your mouth, but with the heart and belief in the righteousness of the mouth of the asking you to change before you come to him. He says, come to me and I'll help you change. I'll change you from the inside out. He wants you as part of his family. Just pray that simple little prayer. Believe it and mean it and it'll happen. Father, I pray, Lord, for those that may have heard this and Lord, they, they've prayed that little prayer. Lord, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be with a lot of words. Just simply saying, Lord, I need you. I need you now. Help them to pray that prayer. And Lord, thank you for those that hear, those that accept and receive and, and act on what they've been told, what they heard, and then help them to get in that place of praise. Reading their Bible, learning who you are and what you do and how you operate, and then being able to praise you each and every day of our lives. Lord, may we as the church always purpose it in our heart like David did. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. And Lord, help us to live it out 
each and every day that we live that will show the world what it means for us, to us, to live this life called Christianity. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. And help us, Lord, to do that carefully, but, Lord, with abandon because that you've loved us so much. Father, I pray for this church. I pray for each one here. Lord, those that are not here tonight, minister to them spirit, soul, and body. And may we always live our lives for your honor, your glory, and your praise. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Those of you who are willing to listen, Brother Ron's going to have a word for us here.